you know, Trav, as long as you can keep tabs on that, that pillow budget, how many pillows, you know, they're going to put in those houses. That, that, that that might be the (laughs) thing we fight about the most pillows and blankets. Like there are actually four new pillows on our couch the other day. I'm like, huh? I thought we were done with this house. It's been a year. Never done when it comes to pillows. Jay, start the timer. Oh, big stretch. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, the behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the... Look at... No-holds-barred look at the realities of the location independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. Maybe I'm the one who needs to stretch and wake up a little. I just fumbled right through that. (laughs) I mean, hey, this is the realities of the location independent lifestyle, so... You know, we got to leave in our bloopers and all. And I know you were up pretty early with the kids today, Trav. So are you are you on your game for this episode? This is a big one, man. This is a, a sort of our part two. But you are under the lights, my friend. I, I am literally under the lights here. I'm in a, a little basement suite. We just moved into a different Airbnb Long story short, our house is getting rented out by Netflix to film a movie. So we moved into this place yesterday. It has been chaos, absolute chaos, uh, packing up a house, getting out of there, moving into another one down the street with two kids who are three and one and a half. And now I find myself in the basement suite and I turn the light on. And I know it looks a little weird in video for you, Jay, because because I'm in the basement I have the window open, but it's like a bit of a gloomy day, so it's not letting in enough light. So I turn the light on above me, but now it feels like I'm just like there's kind of a weird spotlight feeling on me. Yeah. So good. um, I guess I'm really in the spotlight today. Yeah. Those lights should be getting hot for you, man. And um, no, I'm excited because we are turning the tables. Uh, You know, I wish we had done this back to back on the last one because... I sort of remember the exact framework. I think we were, were talking about looking at the last year and then the two years ahead. And by the way, I'm Jason, and this is Travis. We're talking to we're the co-founders of the Community Location Indie. You can learn more at locationindie.com. Sign up for our newsletter over there so you can get some resources on lifestyle, business, and travel each week. And Trav, uh, now that we got that done, we forgot to mention who we were and what we do um, for the new time listeners. And for the the listeners coming back, welcome back. For the people welcome. like Jason who who just forget from last week. <laughs> like, who, who are these guys I'm listening to? Well, we were talking about location independence, the way we see it as and lifestyle business in general as as a constant evolution, right? You have your ideal lifestyle, you're you're going for it, but then of course, inevitably, the things that you want change, the, the how you live your day to day life changes. And we hadn't really checked in in a while to see how how that's changed for each other because we are business partners and we're running a business together. We have the community, we have coaching programs like the Lifestyle Launch Academy and other things we do. And it's important, I think. I mean, that's another lesson we can draw out of this, right? If you have a business partner um, or even just like, you know, spouse or family or people that are close to you, it's kind of good to check in every once in a while and see like, hey, 
let's take a step back here and see what's going on. And we practice what we preach, of course, right, Trav? Because we are all about the lifestyle business and we want the business to fit into our lifestyles and then the things that we want to do rather than trying to do it the other way around, which most people do. Um, we're huge fans of that and that's what we do. So that's how we ended up here. This lifestyle redesign series, you could say, which is all about checking in with each other in real time here so you can listen and, and just seeing, hey, what's going on? So if you hadn't heard the last episode with me, Trav interviewed me and I talked about some of the, my goals and things that I want to do coming up. And we're going to do the same with you today, Trav. So um, first of all, I mean, I guess, you know, for those that are unfamiliar, we should probably get a, a mini recap on where you've been the last couple of years up leading up to this point and how that has worked for you in terms of balancing the business and the lifestyle stuff. Yeah. One of the reasons Jay and I decided well, we, we wanted to check in with each other anyway. And, and as Jay mentioned, then we just decided to record it because we thought whether you're a longtime listener or, or you're just beginning, um, I always love to hear the stories, right? And, I, and we tell a lot of stories on this podcast. So you guys know a lot of what happens in, in our life, right? This is an unfiltered, no holds barred look. Um, but we figured let's record this. And so we're looking at it through the lens a bit of the past two years and then the future two years. And, and the reason we kind of settled on that is that in the past two years, both Jay and I have had some major life changes happen. And everyone in the world, because when we're recording this, we're about, uh, what, what are we now? Man, it's like 14 months, 15 months into, into COVID kind of taking the world by storm. And so everyone, no matter where you live or, or what you've been doing, has had a, a drastic shift and change in 15 months. We said, let's look back two years. Let's look forward two years. And, and so for me, the last two years, the biggest things that have come up come up. I say that like, oh, just, hey, this popped out. Well, I guess, all right. One is I had a second child um, and that child did actually just pop out. Uh, we had that child in our house, but not on purpose. We weren't trying to do a home birth um, in 30 minutes My uh, from when my wife went into labor to when the baby came out in our house with just uh, myself and thankfully my mother-in-law in the house helping. Uh, because, yeah, unplanned. I still can't believe that. I, I still, it, it, I still it, can't um, believe that that's real. Yeah, I it, it me either. Sometimes, um, obviously, we knew we were having a kid, but but it was very difficult to have our first child, who's now three and a half. And so they say sometimes a second child is easier, and in this case, it certainly was. So, uh, three thirty a.m. in the middle of the night or, sa or morning, Saturday morning. Uh, there comes a baby. So we, you know, two years ago, we had a, a one and a half year old and just one kid. And now we have two kids, a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. And uh, and that's obviously, as you touched on in your episode, Jay, if, if you guys listen to that, uh, just been a huge change. And, and as you said, talk about evolution. Every two years, our situations will evolve. I mean, much quicker than two years even because kids are evolving and they're just going through different stages of life you know, so rapidly. And that and because that, you're going to have a baby every two years. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 we don't plan on having a third, but Hey, I mean, this second one, I guess was so easy. You never know. Uh, third one just shows up on the doorstep. We don't even, we don't even know how it happened. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so that's been a huge transition. And so what that's looked like in our regular life and, and kind of how that's played out in our life 
is that for me, it's really forced me to step back and realize that I'm going to have less time in life, of course, but that also means less time to do work because if my free time or the time that I have, Trav time, gets smaller, the things I don't want to cut out because we talk about lifestyle is the things that give me happiness outside of work. So, you know, going out, doing exercising, um, hanging with friends, watching some sports, you know, uh, looking at real estate, like all these kind of hobbies I have, I don't want to take you know, I don't want to take all that time and just and just continue to work the same amount of hours. And so the last two years from a work lens, what, what I've really been focused on a lot is how am I spending my time at work? I can't work the same amount of hours or not can't. I, I will not and don't want to work the same number of hours, but I want to be as productive and and ultimately even more productive. And so how do you do that? And so most people... I think myself, when I was in a regular job, you just equate time at work to to essentially productivity, but we we all know that's not the case. And so that's been a real big change in mindset, but also then a change in how we operate as a business, you and I and our team, but also then how I individually operate as like, all right, you what is it that you're good at, that you like to do, that you can do well? You need to be focusing on those things. And so that's been the the biggest mindset shift when it comes to to the business stuff, um, along with, and part of that is then saying no to, to, to stuff, right? Like, okay, you have to protect your time a bit. If you only have a certain amount, what are you doing that that, that you enjoy and, and that's most productive? And then what do you have to say no to? And so I've gotten much better at just saying like, I'm not going to do, I don't need to do this or I, I don't feel like I should. So I'm going to say no to that. Um, on And then on the lifestyle front, you know, with the two kids, that's been one thing. And then a, a year ago, almost a year ago, we made a pretty big move from the area that I grew up and we had friends and family in um, outside of Philadelphia down to North Carolina. And um one of the neat things about it is that so often people see like these big things like buying a house or a move as life altering and they are, but that doesn't mean they're the end all and be all. And so when we went into this, we really honestly didn't know how much we would like it down here in North Carolina. And we didn't know how much time we would spend here. And we still kind of don't, but we set it up in a way that it could be flexible. So if we didn't love it, was it still a good investment? Would it rent out? The answer is yes. We end up, uh, what we found out last year was that we love it way more than we thought. So now we, you know, over a year of thinking about it, I've said, okay, we are going to start transitioning our home base down here more. It's worth it. And so um, that was something we thought might happen, but honestly, we weren't sure, you know, until you're in a place and you give it time, you're not really sure how much you'll love it. Um, you could speculate and we did. And so now we are moving our home base down to North Carolina as opposed to uh, being up in Philadelphia. So that is another big thing that has occurred over the last over the last year for us. Yeah, it sounds like one of the core values for you. And this is consistent, I think, over the years that I've known you is maintaining a certain level of flexibility. Right. And on the surface level, you could look at buying a house somewhere 
uh, maybe in a previous life, you might have looked at that as like, okay, that's, that is the antithesis of being flexible. You're buying a house in a community, but you guys are seeing it through a lifestyle lens. So you're thinking, okay, well, how can we get a property that we'll be enjoy being at, but that also gives us the flexibility to not be there. And that means we have to be able to leave and it can still support itself at the bare minimum financially, uh, ideally making money. And you've, you've done that, you know, with your experience with Airbnbs and, and you've, you know, been able to find these little gems of properties that allow you to set yourself up to, to leave. And you guys did that. You actually went to Costa Rica for three months and rented it out and made money off of the property. And it, I'm just bringing this uh, to people's attention because it's important, I think, not to get locked into X, Y, or Z thing having to be a certain way, right? Because if you are looking at it through the lifestyle and the lifestyle business lens, it changes the way you make decisions, right? You could have bought a different kind of property that didn't have the same sort of attributes and, and, and you could have been more locked in maybe. But flexibility is a theme for you that I've seen that's always been interwoven within the lifestyle that you've been designing all along. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Not at all. That is a, <laughs> that is a great point. I, I would say that I think that has been one of my highest values, even without knowing it. Yeah. You know, like I didn't sit down and do a, what's my value chart, you know, when I first started on this entrepreneurial journey, but what I did, re- what you just brought up and what you, it's really hitting home is flexibility is one of those core values. And you made two really important points there. One, you're right. Like most people see buying a house as being the exact opposite of flexible, right? You said it's like it, you you look at it as like I'm putting down roots. Like now this like this is this is pigeonholing me into a certain life. And I actually thought that exact thought August of 2015. And I know that was the date because we, I owned a house, we were nomadic and Heather, my wife was like, you, we got to come back and have a home base. I can't be nomadic anymore. And I said to her these, essentially these exact words, we can't do that because we're travelers. And if we come back and have a house that basically just essentially like blows our cover, like who are we, like, how can we be travelers if we have a house and we have a mortgage payment? And within three days, of, she said to me, well, I'm moving back in so you can do what you want, were her exact <laughs> words. So I was like, all right, I'll, you know, well, I'll just be here for a couple days. You know, I'll show her. And within three days, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing we've done. This is the best decision we've made in our life in a while. And then I started to think, how can I be flexible? Squeeze it like a, a, a one or two month solo trip before you came to that conclusion. I mean, yeah, you know, could I could have worked that out, but I don't know if the marriage would have survived or not. I mean, it was like an ultimatum that was maybe carried a little more consequences of like. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I mean, we can only speculate at this point, but. Um, so, yeah, I think, but then I started saying, well, okay, now we're in this house and we're enjoying this, but I, how can we be flexible with it? And the answer for us then was Airbnb that house out. And again, that was 2015. So Airbnb existed, of course, but it was certainly in its nascent stages, right? And um, so then we started doing that and that led us down this thing of, okay, we can rent this house out when we're not here. And, and it pretty much breaks even. That led me to loving real estate and getting investment properties in Philadelphia, which have worked to varying degrees of success. One of the things actually that we're going to be doing, we're currently doing, 
as we record this, is actually looking to sell those because they're like doing okay, but they were bought not with all the knowledge that I have now, right? And so I was like, all right, I could hold on to these or I could be flexible, get rid of them, you know, even though I didn't ever plan on selling them within the first couple, like three or four years of owning them, that wasn't the plan. But because we're flexible, we say, all right, we can get rid of them. We can make a little bit of money. And now this allows us to have more money in our pockets to be flexible to do other things. So back to that flexible, you know, mindset. But that then led us to this house in North Carolina where we said, well, now I'm going to look for a place that would kill it if it's on Airbnb, if we don't want to live here, but seems like the ultimate place we want to live too. And so kind of taking those things I learned about renting our own house out and what we wanted out of a home, having investment properties and realizing what I could have done better with those and saying, can we find a way to meld the two? And, and you know, that's that's like six, seven years of knowledge at this point. And, and then in North Carolina, we were able to find that out. So you're right. It like all leads to you know, you're always building on top of stuff, even if you don't realize like that's what your path is going to look like. And for me, it has always been about, all right, what's my, I don't want to say escape clause, but most people would think you're buying a house, you're moving down here. Well, I don't want to commit to moving down here fully because I'm not sure if I'll like it. So if I don't, will it work out the other way? Yes. Okay, cool. Now I can come down, spend a year here and make a decision from a place of of knowledge and experience and not have to feel like I have to do one or the other because either one would work out if you set it up the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And just one more thing I want to loop in. Then we, you know, I mean, somehow we've already blown through almost all of our time. So clearly we're going to get past the buzzer That's here. because you, uh, you let me talk. You put me in the spotlight. <laughs> I mean, that's bound to well, happen. You know, so – uh, one thing I just wanted to point out you that you don't need to comment on, Trav. No, I'm kidding. Um, is part of the lifestyle for you, of course, is is you're part of a couple. That doesn't mean you don't do things independently, but you're also a team. And from what I can tell from what you guys have done with real estate and Airbnbs and all the stuff you just mentioned, it's a mutual interest as well because Heather loves design. She loves you know, doing all the interior design and, and you guys complement each other very well in terms of what you do on that side of your personal life, which is really like another aspect of your own personal business. Right. And you're, you complement each other in, in that business as, as real estate investors. And that's, that's nice too. That's a nice part of the lifestyle I think to have. I mean, and feel free to comment on this because uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm off base here or if that, um, was like a hidden benefit or if it's been a struggle or if it's been a good thing? I, all three, uh, can we say that? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's nice when it works out. Let's put it that way. But you are right in that there was some thought given to this. I obviously st- really started liking real estate in the last six or seven years, right? And and Heather doesn't like the same parts of real estate that I like, which is essentially which is going because it scared you. You thought it was going to take away your traveling. Right. Existence, I, right. right. And then it completely flipped. And, and that's, you know, I said there was two really important points you made earlier. And one was, yes, flexibility is key to us. The other is that it, it really is just looking at it through a different lens. Like almost anything you look at can, can, can be one side of the coin or the other. You, it's just how you're looking at it and how you're setting it up. And you're right. I thought real estate 
when we first moved back was like something holding me down. And what I realized was, well, this can actually be something that can give me freedom and flexibility if done right. And I'm not saying I did it right all the time. You know, I've certainly learned a lot, but when we started, I knew I really loved real estate. And so, and I liked a certain part of it, essentially going into every house, walking neighborhoods, getting a good deal and, and all the research that went into making sure I got the best deal which came from having more knowledge than almost anyone else. That was like my, that was what I said is like, I might not be the smartest person out here. I might not have the most experience because I'm new, but I will try to know every single thing I can possibly know to get a better deal than someone else. Um, and that has worked for me, especially with this North Carolina house. Um, when we first started doing it, I asked Heather, and Chris is buzzing us out. So, Chris, you you've got the first half of the show right. Uh, we still have to go into what the next years look like. But I realized when I was doing real estate that it was taking up a lot of my time. And I really liked it. I also realized that Heather was really into the design, and so we did sit down and talk about it and say, like, if we're going to buy properties, is this something we want to spend time on together? Because it is going to take both of us. And it is going to take a lot of that limited time we have. And she was like, well, I really love the design and I, I would like to do that. And so it certainly isn't always smooth. We fought about every piece of furniture you could ever imagine in a house down to like how many uh, mugs she was buying from Ikea for a rental property or whatever. So I'm not saying I've been the easiest person to work with. That That's far from the truth. Sounds relaxing. <laughs> yeah, right. But we have started to realize that we each have to give each other space in the thing that we do well. And again, this is a do as we say, not always as we do type thing, but this is a learning process. And so with this last house in North Carolina, I definitely gave her more space than I had in the other ones. And it turned out way better. And it also was less fights uh, than previous because I was like, well, I do have to trust you to some degree here. Um, just go for it. And, and that's led to, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? For a cliche, like it's led to our most successful house by far because I found an awesome house and did a lot of research and then she staged it and decorated it way better than any other place. And that's come back financially. That's come back from people anecdotally being like, this is incredible. You know, it got featured, like we said, in Conde Nast, I think by not, like we didn't know it was going to be. They just found it somehow. Netflix is shooting a movie there. So like every single measure of success that house has hit. So the lesson is, Trav, get out of the way when you're done your part. But also you can't discount what you said before, which is the six or seven years of cumulative knowledge you've built up, which goes back to what we teach people, which is, hey, you got to get started now because that's a part of it. Failing, figuring things out, learning as you go. Uh, the chances that you would have come out of the gates with something like this, I mean, everybody can have beginner's luck or you can just be naturally talented. I think you have that, you know, you have natural talent for this as well, but a lot of it's learning. And I think that, uh, that cannot be discounted. Like you said, that that's a part of it. And, and both of you are learning on the journey as you go. And, you know, Trav, as long as you can keep tabs on that, that pillow budget, how many pillows you know, they're going to put in those yeah, that, houses. Then. That, that, that might be the <laughs> thing we fight about the most. Pillows and blankets. <laughs> like, there are actually four new pillows on our couch the other day. I'm like, huh, I thought we were done with this house. It's been a year. <laughs> Never done when well, it comes to pillows. Get that. We are going to get into the, the coming two years, where you see things going, how 
you may want to tweak your lifestyle, if at all, because right now you guys have a house you love. You've created the flexibility. Uh, obviously, you know, there, there are things that I, I'd say, well, I mean, maybe they're not a given things like wanting to grow your business to a certain level and things like that. But really focusing on the lifestyle here where you see things going as your kids are getting older, they become school aged, but you guys still have that flexibility. What does that look like for you? Are you going to like school them on the road? Are you guys going to really have to commit to one place? What are you thinking the next couple of years looks like and what might you need to tweak or change? Well, for the sake of being flexible, I will tell you, I have no idea when it comes to schooling. Um, and I do think flexibility is key there. I, I will say that right now for our lifestyle, and I told you this the other day when, when we were just chatting, uh, there is no place I'd rather be than right here where we are in Carolina right now. Does that mean in 20 years that will be my answer? Maybe not. But for the foreseeable future, I always used to ask myself, like, I was always like a grass is always greener type person while being an eternal optimist. So it was like, I really liked where I was, but I just knew, hey, maybe maybe it's better in South Africa. I, you know, I was the one who was looking at real estate everywhere, imagining what it would be like to live everywhere. And we have now found a place that that both of us have said, like, this is where we want to be. You could give me a house anywhere else and I wouldn't take it. Like, this is exactly where I want to be right now. So with a grain of salt and with the knowledge of we've only been here a year, but that's, that is a lot of time, you know, for yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, you've been, all, so, you've been all over the world. Like you said the other day, you know what you like. So if you yeah, like it, you like it, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's really cool. And that's actually really um, a big relief, I think is the word for me to, to be able to say like, okay, if we are going to buckle down and spend more time somewhere. I'm glad that we found this place because I wasn't feeling that way when we were living outside of Philadelphia. And honestly, the biggest reason was I wanted warmer weather and I wanted to be on the ocean. And I knew if you gave us those two things that almost anywhere we were, our, our lifestyle would elevate because I that just makes me happy. Those are the things that I really enjoy. And so we got those two places, or those two things, and and now we really love this place. So um, I think what the next two years hold a bit is, yes, spending more time in our home base. Um, obviously, with COVID, we all spent a lot of time in our home bases or homes. But, you know, typically- But not really we, you guys. I mean, you went, you went to Costa Rica. You were staying with your family for a while, so you could rent out the place because you had this element of being able to make money off off the place. So that means you have to leave and go somewhere else. But yeah. maybe you guys are a little bit over having to travel around and, and kind of move the family around and everything. It's not as easy with kids. It's definitely not as easy. So I think staying in one place for longer periods and that place being the house we have in North Carolina is, is the goal. If I'm breaking it down just from uh, a realistic standpoint, I think what'll ha probably happen is that we will be April and May and June in our house in North Carolina. We will probably rent it July and August because that's peak season. We can make a good amount of money and it gets pretty dang hot here. So like July and August, go visit, whether it's you in Norway when the borders open up, whether it's just, you know, somewhere in the US that that typically is colder, but is really nice in the summer. So New England, Michigan, you know, Minnesota, some of, wherever. Yeah, yeah, Pacific Northwest, like whatever. So rent it July and August, come back basically September. September through December to our house in North Carolina, big, long chunk. The fall is gorgeous here. Uh, we love it. And then probably January, February, March, 
going somewhere warmer and renting this place. So, um, and that's what we did this year in Costa Rica. And so whether that be Costa Rica or whether that be somewhere else, um, you know, if we ended up here January, February, March in North Carolina, I I wouldn't be that bummed because it, it stays mild enough. But ideally, I think that's when we would use as our big chunk to go somewhere maybe completely different that we hadn't been before or like a big international trip uh, and try to flip seasons a bit. New Zealand, Argentina, South Africa, you know, again, Costa Rica or Mexico, something like that during the summer months. Um, and and, and then, would that look like you guys basing somewhere, a slow travel yes, type of thing? Yes. Yeah. That's the other huge key thing that has changed for our family's lifestyle over the last two years is that I just have become a, a big, big fan of slow travel. Um, and the trip to Costa Rica was the first time that I can like definitely say we slow traveled because we stayed in one town for the first two months there. We didn't even have a car. So we barely ventured out of that town. We walked everywhere. We went to the farmer's market every Saturday. We went surfing every day across the street. So it was really like a look like, we, you know, we had our favorite coffee shops. We went to the bakery every other day. Like it was it was as slow travel as you can essentially get. Um, and we really loved it. So, yes, it would be like, let's get a base somewhere for a couple months maybe travel from that here and there, but, but like we're bunked in. Um, and, and then, yeah, that, that's, or excuse me. Yeah. That would be in the winter. I said in the summer, but then the winter or the summer months might be a little more fast travel. Oh, we're going out the Pacific Northwest. Let's go to Portland and Vancouver and here, you know, we might bop around a little more then, but in the winter, I'd want a home base where we're like working and hanging out and seeing new stuff, but not. And then the summer might be this like, Hey, maybe we're working less and we can like take trips quicker um, to see different people that we want to see. Yeah. And I think the slow travel thing is great as well with the kids. And also maybe there's a little bit of you've been the guy that's run around and seen a million things before. So there is value in just kind of getting to know one small place and not feeling that sense of, oh, I need to go see this, that and the other. It's fun to explore, but it's also kind of nice to just settle in and get into the rhythm of a local place like you guys did in Costa Rica. I have to ask because we, we, we can't gloss over it because your son will be school aged pretty soon. So what are you going to do? I mean, what are you guys thinking? Because this plan sounds great for the next year, but wouldn't he be going to school the following year after that? Yeah, he's got, he has like, two years he was born in august so not to bore everyone oh, okay. with details but he'll be like one of the oldest kids in his class so oh i see okay yeah so we have like two school years left and yes. um kind of what so we falls within a two-year window so you're okay yeah but yeah. but even thinking ahead of that which is fine we can bust out of that window a little bit because we have started to think about it you know when he was one and two we were like eh but now now he is like okay like he's starting to go to some preschool stuff with other kids. Like we have them in a couple days a week, so, some stuff here in North Carolina. So I think here's just our rough plan. We basically said kindergarten and first grade, we're not that worried about as far as getting him into school. If we're here in North Carolina and he goes to school here, totally cool. I, I don't know if that'll happen, but if it does, we're, we're certainly not against it. I was a public school teacher. My mom was a public school teacher. Heather is a public school teacher. So I have nothing against public schools. If we're here and we're going to be here for those nine months, like we talked about, 
um, and we, and we, for whatever reason, decide not to go away in the winter, fine. Or if he's kindergarten and first grade and we go away for a couple months in the winter, we're kind of like at a point where we say, all right, this won't hurt his education. He's going to, we can still learn. So, or the, the flip side of that, like you mentioned is maybe we just do some of that on our own for kindergarten and first grade. You know, I, I, I feel there is a bit of a turning point, maybe second, third, fourth, fifth grade. Like when you really, you know, starts to really make friends and understand what's going on. I think that'll, then we'll have to decide a bit of like, well, what we'll have to be a little more conscientious of our choice, but we've kind of written off the first two years, not to say kindergarten and first aren't important, but we've kind of in our head said, okay, we really have a a little bit of a four year window. And that to me is plenty to to try to figure it out. Yeah. I personally agree. I'm a big fan of alternative schooling and have been diving into that world a little bit to understand what that might look like. If uh, I don't know if you want to call it alternative schooling or just different things outside of the traditional schooling model, again, to maintain that flexibility. So it sounds like you guys are, well, you got a four year window to work with. So that's plenty and a lot can change. I mean, really how far, I mean, at this point, I've learned to not look too far ahead. I think the two years thing is nice because it's sort of reasonable, even though a lot can change as we've all seen, but you can at least get your head around the next couple of years and start working towards certain things and be intentional with certain goals. But at the same time, maintaining that flexibility, maybe that's the theme coming out of this uh, chat. Trav, I know we're long over our time, but I mean, it's cool to hear kind of, I mean, I, I've been following along, of course, how things have evolved for you, but it's kind of interesting to hear what the plans are and what you guys are thinking in terms of bouncing around versus traveling versus staying in in your place and how that looks for you guys as a family. So I'm excited for you all still haven't, still haven't been to the the new house. I hope to get down there whenever I get back to the States, but um, yeah, man, I I do want to leave us with some lifestyle redesign words of wisdom or just any takeaways. I think one thing that, that we didn't touch on yet. And I'll try to keep this brief, but I think the theme of it is that in the next two years, I really want to do something that is much bigger than I've done before and is a challenge. And that's, that's not to say that you and I haven't done stuff in the past two years because we have, but kind of continuing to look at like, not what scares me, but what like what gets me fired up because I'm like, whoa, this is a, this is outside of my realm. So I'll give you an example. And I, I cannot tell you, I would say there's probably like a 50, 50 chance that in two years from now, if we talked that I'd say that I pulled this off. But one of the things that gets me excited is building a hotel slash community that whether it be here in North Carolina or we've looked at property in Costa Rica, like basically instead of just having one property and saying, okay, I understand how to Airbnb this and it's just going to be a regular rental. There's a building I'm looking at here in North Carolina that I would essentially turn into like two commercial spaces and like eight apartments. And, and like, that would be a huge project renovating this amazing property on the boardwalk. That's basically fallen into disrepair. Um, Or you and I have talked a lot about this, buying a piece of land or, or buying something in another country and setting up like a community for location independent families. 
Now, in two years, would the community like probably be able to be bought, built, and and ready to go? Maybe not. But like these are the things that are getting me outside of my scope. But still, like, hey, I'm interested in this. I think I have some expertise. I've thought a lot about this. Essentially, maybe where buying a property and make turning it into Airbnb was for me like three or four years ago. Like, oh, I'm interested, but I've never done it. This is like to me the next iteration. And so, from a business perspective, or, or even just like a a lifestyle perspective, I think you and I both really love satiating our curiosity, but also challenge ourselves and saying, yeah, we could just kind of do what we've been doing and let that run, but it's almost too easy. Like, where's the fun in that? And so, you know, we're looking to push our location indie business bigger and bigger and bigger to impact more people. And so that's one of the new challenges is how can you and I scale a company that that we've never scaled to that level, right? Like try to reach new heights. And so that's been a huge learning curve to pull the curtain back for everyone big time. Yeah, like we hired a coach named Stan because we were like, man, we don't know how to get to the next level. We just know how to continue at the level we're at, but we want to impact more people. We really want to get to that 16,000 people leaving their job number, which is our goal. Um, and then on the other side for me is like, I really love real estate. So what's like the next big step? It's like, it's something that's multiple units to some degree. Uh, that really has like a community vibe to it and isn't just a one-off house. So yeah, I mean, I know we didn't, I, I, I won't dive too much into it. Maybe we'll dive into it in other episodes, but it's like, that's what gets me up and excited whenever you and I chat is that, okay, like I know a little bit about this, but not really, but let's let's keep researching and see if we can do something bigger than we've done in the previous two years. Um, and so that would be, I guess, also my words of wisdom is if you look back in the last two years and see what you've done, say like, well, what's the next level version of that or, or you know, or what's complementary to that and how can I go for that? Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely someone who wants to push, right? You're out of your comfort zones. And, um, you know, that, that for us has been a, a big, big, big theme of what we, what we want to do. And so it's, a uh, it's intriguing. It's scary. It's um, it's all those things at once. But I think that's the other big theme in my life is flexibility, but also like, how can I do something bigger and better than I've done previously? And I'll leave it with this. I heard a quote. Not really. It's not really a quote. It's not like a quotable Albert Einstein thing that you could wrap. But basically, someone said to me, I was saying, oh man, if I go back and listen to my first podcast, like, dang, they're horrible. And they were like, yeah, that's good. I'm like, what? No, like, I'd want them to be awesome. He said, if you went back and listened to your podcast and you've been doing this for eight years and you didn't think those ones in the beginning were horrible, that means you are not doing a better job than you were before. Essentially, you should be embarrassed by the stuff that you did three or four years ago, right? Like, you should be a little bit embarrassed by it because you have continued to progress and get better. And so um goes back to your point, Jay, like, but if you don't start, you're never going to make those mistakes or, or, or any of that to get better. So I thought that was really that hit home a lot to me. It was like, oh, cool. I'm glad that I'm like a little embarrassed that I kind of messed up a few of the Philly properties and knowing what I know now, like I wouldn't have done it that way. Okay. Well, that's progress.
Yeah, and even though those things happen, when you look at the big picture, look how that's panned out for you guys now, and you can say, well, were those costly mistakes? Well, uh, yeah, maybe they worked out in your favor in terms of even financial return, core numbers, because you had to learn those things to, to go to the next level with what you're doing. So it's it's hard to say. It's a, When you look at things from a bird's eye view, it, it changes a lot. So, and that's what this is about, really, lifestyle redesign, tweaking the lifestyles, taking a step back, getting in that plane, getting the bird's eye view of where you've been, where you are, and where you might want to go, and being intentional with what you may want to change, whether it's within your own lifestyle or the business you're running or you want to run as it relates to the lifestyle that you want to lead in the next couple of years. And again, our goal with this little mini series here was just to share our stories give you some of our perspectives and hopefully some food for thought when it comes to redesigning your own lifestyle and making sure your business fits into that and you're and just creating an awareness around that for yourself and and, and being conscious of of where you're going. So would you say the goal was to give an unfiltered behind the scenes <laughs> no holds barred look at the realities of our oh. last 2 years and our possible oh. future 2 years? I suppose, I suppose. And if you want to hang out in person, we should mention Camp Indy going off in, uh, speaking of things that we haven't done and things we're doing bigger than ever, this is the biggest event we, we've ever hosted and it's, things are looking pretty good. It's September 17th to 19th. Come hang out with us in person at Camp Indy. You go to campindie.com. And of course, the easiest thing to do is just hop on our email list over at Location Indy where you can get the weekly newsletter of some valuable resources around lifestyle, business, and travel. Plus, you'll hear about Camp Indy and free workshops and other things that we do. So that's sort of the, the central point for any and all location-dependent lifestyle, digital nomad-type business stuff, travel stuff. LocationIndie.com. Sign up and hang out with us over there. Trav, thanks for sharing your story, man, getting up and just spilling your guts here. I know I hope those lights feel less hot as we come out of this interview and look forward to chatting with you here next time. Thanks, man. Everyone knows my wife and I fight over pillows. Now, that's a good <laughs> takeaway. Pillow fight. <laughs> See you guys.